Untitled Beatles podcast. So oh, here we go. What? What? We're doing one. How's it going? Same way. How's it go? Wait a minute. Someone's going in. Wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. Your show. Let's go. I can't read this writing, you know. What is that tweeting bird out there? Oh, God. This bird's goddamn it out there. Hey, hey, hey. Some birds over there. Yeah. Okay. Remember the solo. That's the bit where I don't talk. Oh, oh. Too bad. Thank you. Near well, enough. Kelton, stand up so we know you're there. All right. <laughs> no, hey, Barry, give me a clue, will you? Well, I told you, let Barry... Shut up, up you fucking... Give me a clue. No, no, E, E, E. That's a clue. You haven't been in tune all evening. Why change? But after all... All right. One of the greatest sessions of all time. History is in the making. Jan Wenner is here with his brother, Jan. And here we go. One, two, three. One, two, three, four. You yell four. Wait a minute. Phil, Phil. You can't yell four over his playing. Please accept my four. It's the only way I can come in. It's two four. Come on. You don't have to come in. He's the intro. No wonder Ronnie. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay. I won't bring up names. Okay. Okay. No names. All right. Doesn't doesn't matter if it's too loud. You shouted the birds and the horns in the background. (laughs) Fucking horns and birds and seagulls what? and shit. These whistles. Fucking hey, You know that sounds like a tape delay? Phil. I hear twice as long. Phil, it's our big chance at AM. Now let's not fuck it. One. Oh, Herbie did. One, two, three. <laughs> that is, uh, <laughs> not a mess. That is real audio from Phil Spector and John Lennon uh, in the makings of the what became the rock and roll album in four. Yeah. And uh, everybody in that recording was out of their minds on drugs and booze and pills. Fair? Fair. Yeah, man. Yeah, they, they, uh, yeah, I don't even know how they got a record out of all that mess. <laughs> it, really did. it took John Lennon kind of ditching those tapes for a while and then doing it without Phil Spector. This, by the way, is Twitch and Shout, uh, the Untitled Beatles podcast. I'm TJ Shanoff along with me. Hey, I'm Tony Mendoza. Yeah. How's it going, TJ? Here we go. We'll see you next week on the Untitled. <laughs> It, it's great. And uh, for those of you who uh, uh, haven't seen this before, Tony and I do a podcast that is uh, just celebrated episode 36, episode 30-ish. 35, yeah, but we recorded, yeah, we got two in the can. So 35 is out there. You know what they say, two in the can is worth. <laughs> at, at, at any rate, uh, we do the Untitled Beatles podcast available wherever podcasts are uh, downloaded or sold, Rose Records, Rock Records, Go to your, you know, go to Dr. Wax, uh, see here, <laughs> but every, Wax. I love Dr. Wax, uh, and Clark, right? Yeah. That, that's when Clark had all those record stores right there. Yeah. He had like the second hand tunes. tunes. Yeah. People don't forget second hand tunes, which was always been all vinyl in the early nineties, right. maybe late eighties. They had a uh, secondary store that was just cassettes and CDs. 
Oh, that's right. Which like is pretty cool. Down, like by the futon place or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> right by the futon place. Been around for a hundred years. I've never seen anybody go in there. <laughs> like those portables must be affordable because of the- <laughs> yeah, affordable. It's all college kids. That's all, all that was was DePaul like freshmen, right? Uh, sure. That's right. And then they moved yeah. uh, where the demons play basketball to Rosemont. And everyone's like, ah, fuck this. I'm not going to Rosemont to see them. <laughs> so on the Antonio Beatles podcast, Tony and I, which we often record in advance, we uh, take a look at Beatles things of interest to us or both Beatle nerds. And on this show, we have an opportunity to address things in real time. And we had some kind of breaking news over the weekend where the legendary record producer uh, is number two in his bio because Number one is he's a murderer. Yeah, we gotta call that out. He he murdered a woman. Uh, Phil Spector dead. Phil Spector uh, is one of a handful of people to really be responsible for the early sound of American rock and roll music, and then later kind of revitalized his career working with the Beatles on the Let It Be album, and then on two of the most, three of the most important John and George solo albums. So even though he's a shitbag, we got to talk about Full Spectre. He's a crucial part, Tony, of the Beatles' yeah. legacy. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Complicated, because I feel like, you know, yeah, if he had just called it quits after River Deep Mountain High, I guess we wouldn't have the Beatles stuff. But <laughs> that was <laughs> seems to be the turning point in 66, was that River Deep Mountain High by uh, Ike and Tina didn't... Uh, didn't do well in the states it did well in britain but it was like the first kind of his first major flop And from then on, it he became more reclusive. He obviously, you saw we. <laughs> by the way, that thing you topped the show with is one of my favorite things ever. So funny! <laughs> it's madness. It's imagine being in the studio. Imagine being some of the session players in there, being like, "What the?" What's yeah, you on? hear the bass player like trying to start the song. He keeps dum 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 dum, and Phil still wants to do part twenty four of his <laughs> bird bit. <laughs> Birds tweeting. And- <laughs> It's uh, I got a picture from, I think, the, uh, let's see, this actually might be from the Imagine Sessions, which would have been a few years before, but there's cool. Yoko and John and Phil in the studio. But yeah, so it's a hilarious clip, but he was a deeply troubled individual yeah. going back to his hit making days. Yeah. Well, yeah. So he was raised in the Bronx, uh, born in 1939. When he was eight, his dad offed himself. So that probably had some kind of an effect on him. And the family blamed him for it. I read in a couple places that the family kind of weirdly made it like, hey, you didn't help. And now dad's dead, which. Oh, yeah. How do you ever get better from that? Well, cool thing, though, or whatever. I don't know. But on his dad's <laughs> grave, <laughs> uh, it was inscribed to know him was to love him, which then became uh, the song that he wrote in 1959, which as a teenager put him on the, on the charts. Like he was a teenager and then he became this record producer. He was this teen tycoon, you know, he, he found success very early on, you know, 
so much of the music Phil Spector created left a huge imprint on the Beatles, so much so that in some of the Beatles' early albums, they're covering Phil Spector-produced songs. So yeah. the the lineage of Phil Spector goes from the Beatles' earliest days through the last album ever released. People, you know, I don't blame people for it. You know what bothers me, Tony? There's two kinds of people that bother me. One are people who are like, ha, huh, I was doing a, a show and someone in the audience called it a skit and it was a sketch. Fuck them for not knowing the difference between a skit and like, shut yeah. up. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. My, I've been did comedy all my life. My parents didn't know the difference either. It's not like a personality flaw. They don't work in the industry, you moron. Yeah. But the right. people who think because in the Beatles catalog, Let It Be was released after Abbey Road. A lot of people think Let It Be was the Beatles' last album recorded, especially given that the songs, much like Abbey Road, comment on the ending of an era. Let It Be, The Long and Winding Road, Two of Us, On Our Way Home. So you yeah. can mistake this for their last album, which it was in terms of releases, but this was recorded before Abbey Road was. Correct, yeah. It still, to me, feels like their last album. I don't know. However you slice it, it still feels like their last album to me. Well, yeah. And I think so because the tone of it has kind of got a swan song feel. The story for those who may not know is when the Beatles were recording the movie, let it be uh, work on the soundtrack album, then called get back was uh, the, the tapes were endless. The performances yeah. were often sloppy, no matter how Peter Jackson paints the reissue this year which i can't wait for there was a lot of acrimony that's not to say there weren't good times too apparently peter jackson to show that but yeah. you know there's a ton of acrimony so it was up to after this album couldn't be salvaged by glenn johns they gave it to phil specter to try and rescue those sessions for commercial release so this is the one album in the beatles catalog produced by phil specter real quick tony i've always loved the note on the back of the album this is a new phase Beatles album <laughs> essential to the content of the film. Let it be was that they perform live for many of the tracks in comes the warmth and freshness of a live performance as reproduced for disc by, and this is in bold Phil Spector. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Yeah. They kind of like dusted the cobwebs off of him, you know, cause he'd been pretty silent after river deep mountain high. He did a couple things here and there, but this was almost like a comeback for him. Obviously, you know, it's the Beatles. It's huge. Yeah. It's funny, though, isn't it? it I mean, that uh, the words on the back of the cover is what I'm saying is uh, it's a lie because it's a lie. S Spectre put in all those strings like he actually did the opposite of what <laughs> <laughs> that says. Glenn Johns is the one that put together before Spectre the Get Back album, which was the more raw version of of the record you know so hey well and you can make a case and i'm glad you brought up the phil specter strings because some of phil specter's production on this album is stunning let it be the first podcast you and i did was on yeah. the let it be album i think let yeah. it be is it's weirdly along with yellow submarine which is only half one side is beatles songs and like three of those songs were previously released let it be right. the album that kind of gets the most disdain, which I've never understood because the fact that it's so weird, it's not weird like the White Album, which feels purposefully weird. This album feels just fucking rough around the edges weird in so many yeah. different ways with bits of dialogue here and there and John yeah, yeah. mocking Let It Be before Let It Be begins, but then Paul <laughs> one-upping him by writing one of the most beautiful songs ever written. 
And <laughs> so some of Phil Spector's production on this is incredible. He extended I Me Mine a little like yeah. little like the US Capitol uh version of I'll Cry Instead. Phil Spector extended I Me Mine. I believe the Let It Be, which appears the take on this album is different than the one that was released as a single that you'll find on like one yeah. and the blue album and all that stuff. Different guitar solo. And a much heavier uh, George guitar solo. I had some friends on Facebook today were like, no, George plays guitar on the single. John plays guitar on the album. I don't think that's true. I'm pretty sure that's a George solo on yeah, the album. Version of bass on that, with the, the six string bass that he used on Helter Skelter and all that. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, yeah. I agree. <laughs> but I prefer that heavier version with brass and that hard George Harrison guitar solo. However, the one people point to, and Paul has always been so bothered by this, is The Long and Winding Road, which uh, was just drenched in strings and female choruses. And mm -hmm. I mean, harp. It was a, and, and harp, especially that big, uh, the gliss at the end of the song yeah. is fading out. Um, Paul hated it. And it still became, I think it was number one globally, at least in the U.S., but I'm pretty sure globally that thing was number one. It's one of their biggest songs. What yeah. do you think about Long and Winding Road, and how did you feel about Phil Spector's production on this record? I like it. <laughs> I like it. It's not too echoey. I actually really prefer the strings. I love the lushness of that stuff that's on Long and Winding Road. Honestly, I think it fits that song. I don't think it fits a song like Two of Us or whatever. He didn't do it to Two of Us. Um, I really like what he did to Across the Universe, how he slowed it down and uh, added the strings to that, too. Took the um, birds chirping away. And, yeah, he removed <laughs> the birds, which later went on to haunt him. <laughs> ironic that all that ties together. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. Uh, you know, obviously, you're right. The Beatles put out... What let it be naked in 2003, whenever that was, yeah. and that was the year when Phil Spector killed that woman. We have to talk about that a little bit. Her name is, uh, was well, it still is. She didn't change her name. Do you change your name when you die? You, you need to file so. for it well in advance, <laughs> Lana Clarkson. Yeah, Lana Clarkson. So that was February of 2003. Yeah, not to not to focus on that, but I, I think her name should be mentioned if we're going to talk about this guy, this guy who went wrong. And Phil Spector claimed it was accidental, but I think the evidence mm. suggested it was obviously not. He had a thing with guns, man. I, so I, my introduction to Phil Spector was uh, like most things in my life through the Letterman show in the eighties. And uh, Paul Schaefer was a big fan. Obviously this is before the murder. And uh, Paul Schaefer would tell these Spector stories on the air about how he uh, like pointed a gun at a guy who couldn't get the sax solo right or something. And then like he guy got the sax solo, right. There was another, <laughs> there was another story he told about how he was on some flight and, and the flight started taking off and he like had a flip out and was like, you got to turn this plane around. There are losers on this plane. <laughs> and, and so they turned the plane around for Phil Spector. But after that, he was banned from commercial aviation. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Just, just like a proud boy. He is. He's like, Trump, there are losers on this flight. Yeah, man. <laughs> Explains like, the idiot. Uh, <laughs> 
And of course, there's the Phil Spector Christmas album, which is, you know, a holiday classic. I still play it. So, yeah, he's a complicated dude. It's like, what do you do with this guy? It's like everything right now, these reckonings. The He's like the OJ of rock and roll. So I'm still going to watch Naked <laughs> Does that Gun. Make, let know? it be Naked Gun? I was going to say. Is this, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or it's just the Bills in 70, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I. Yeah, I'm not going to stop listening to Let It Be, and I'm not going to stop watching Naked Gun. But I'm also, you know, yeah, I, I recognize the the dude had, you know, the dude is flawed, obviously, and a murderer. And <laughs> it was like flawed is very, very charitable. He murdered somebody, so I don't know. Uh, it's fucked up. That's that's what that is. It is, and it's a complicated. I saw a couple Beatles sites yesterday on Facebook, not knowing how to deal with this. With a lot of people saying, "How how can you glorify a murderer?" And I, I have it up in the cryon here. Like two things are true in this case: he's a genius of American rock and roll music, but first, he's a murderer. And you know, it's it's you can't you can't ignore the fact that. He is the reason we know the Let It Be album the way we do. No disrespect to Glenn Johns, which, because God knows Teddy Boy seriously missing from, <laughs> from the <laughs> Teddy Boy. I love you, Paul. But uh, all right, if I were John George and Ringo, I wouldn't want to do Teddy Boy either. So I totally get it. Does he um, know? <laughs> take your part. It's like, gee, John, do you really not care? I can't tell. Um, <laughs> But yeah, uh, the other complaint I'll, I'll make about the Let It Be album, this does lose points because for whatever reason, Don't Let Me Down is not on this record. And that's one thing Let It Be Naked gets right. And they don't even use a single version. They use a different live take that I think is even, I know it's blasphemous, the Don't Let Me Down and Let It Be Naked, I prefer to the take the take we've known for 50 years. All right. Um, is that yeah, the one where he goofs up the lyrics. Yeah, he goofs up the lyrics, and it starts with him and Paul shouting in harmony, which is great. Yeah. So at any rate, uh, as we talk about Phil Spector uh, and not just on this particular record, but the two John Lennon records of which he was a pretty important part, certainly the single instant karma, but Plastic Ono Band and Imagine, and of course, All Things Must Pass are on any serious list of greatest solo Beatles records and Phil Spector had a hand in all of them. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and it's fun. And also, if you watch the Imagine, um, what's the video? I forget. Uh, Give me some truth. I think yeah. that's what it was called. Yeah, and they show those uh, the clips of him doing the vocal overdubs on Oh Yoko and him them like flipping out on poor Phil McDonald, the engineer who can't find the right part of the song. You know, first three or whatever. Cloud, we're looking for the cloud. Screaming <laughs> at him. Come on, Phil. <laughs> it's it's really awkward. <laughs> but Phil Spector is singing on that. You know, he's he, he's away from the board and he's got his look, you know, like the one you have. Oh, it's it's kind yeah. of bad and off. That's <laughs> yeah, like really Yoko singing the line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
that's the thing people don't know. Spectre was a Yoko impersonator. Uh, on <laughs> uh, I'll never forget Spectre's cover of Oh Sanity in the late 80s. He was really. <laughs> Cut it out. He's got a gun. <laughs> let go. Let go. No, really. Cut it out. <laughs> oh, there's also that movie where Pacino played him in, uh, I think, not like uh, eight years ago or so. Did you ever see that? I hmm. didn't. It's pretty wild. It's oh, pretty wild. Scent of a Yoko. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he brings a real Scarface vibe to it. <laughs> I told you you should finish college. Huh? Join the Marines. Anything rather than throw yourself on my Phil, okay. boundless mercy, right? Take you in from the cold, and you know I did. You should consider it a mercy. I killed a lot of you. Save you the shame, Walter. A ruining this simple fucking song. Send out for Chinese. We're going to be here a while. Yeah, the wall of sound. The wall of sound. Well, I mean, we, we, we obviously went over this on our All Things Must Pass two-parter. Um, but I am really looking forward to perhaps a somewhat despectorized version of that record. I'll take Let It Be, but I would because it doesn't have as much echo or whatever the, all the treble is on that damn All Things Must Pass, uh, which are it's great. I just want to hear it with less treble, you know. Yeah, it's it, it's interesting because his work on Plastic Ono Band couldn't have been more any more different. His work on Plastic Ono Band, that yeah. album is sparse and stark. Now, some of that's in the personnel. It's funny though about about George. Let, and we talk about all things must pass being over specterized. Before George Harrison died, he was working on a remaster that was eventually released that I think was supposed to be more of a demix. Um, of all things must pass. And he kind of said, if he could go back and do it again, it wouldn't be so quote unquote specterized. But at the time, that's the sound George wanted. And with all due respect to Paul McCartney, what I've always found hilarious is McCartney live when he does long and winding road, no matter how much he talks, but not loving the CRP strings, he has wicks replicating these da 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 like almost like a John Williams score. <laughs> uh, just so, you know, and oh, the worst offender, the 80s remake of Long and Winding Road, which is on the Give My Regards to Broad Street soundtrack, is like, <laughs> it's, it's like Paul hired... You know, like a holiday in band with a yeah. you, you'd love it. It's got a lot of saxophone. <laughs> yeah, I somehow for some reason I discovered I love the saxophone. <laughs> it's our own Mr. Yakety Sax, Tony Mendoza. <laughs> Hey man, the Super Bowl shuffle wouldn't be what it is without it. <laughs> Ask LA Mike. He killed somebody too. That's a bad, uh, uh, bad timing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it, it, I just find it interesting because these are the albums that these artists approved at the time uh, that were huge, massive hits. So there is a bit of revisionist history with Let It Be Naked and with the D-Mix of All Things Must Pass. I do want to hear D-Mix too, but part of learning to love that album is learning to love the bombast. It's what makes What Is Life so thunderous, you know? 
It and works Wawa. for certain songs. It works for certain songs. All things must pass is three, six sides of albums. So it's a lot. It's a lot for me. Um, the other thing, I mean, when what I read about All Things Must Pass was they the first song they recorded was Wawa, right? And they're in, uh, I think it's Abbey Road, right? And everyone's where they're at. He's got his jaw sticks going. There's a mood created and no one's really listening in the cans or I, however they're, I think they're just playing like a band plays. And then they go back to the control room. And I think George was taken back by all the reverb. It was like, Oh, it didn't sound like this when we played it. <laughs> and it was like Clapton and Steve Winwood or whomever that was like, yeah, that's, that's cool. That's cool. Because I think they were just like, Oh wow. We're working with Phil Spector. We're getting the, the wall of sound stuff that we wanted five years ago. Now, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> That's that sound that went, that went out of style. I think they were excited about that, you know? So it, mm -hmm. it's funny you say that because the, that Derek and the Domino's Layla album, which is, you know, in my, if in my life, I think one of my favorite non Beatles albums, I just, I fell in love with that album probably in high school and it's just, it's a great record. And even though that's, I think, Tom Dowd producing, uh, I wonder, I think that's Tom Dowd. Jay Bradley, if you're out there, uh, still correct me on this. I think it's Tom Dowd. Um, but that's got a real almost wall of sound feel despite not having overdubs. It's mixed in a very kind of echoey. It's one of the reasons both the Layla album and All Things Must Pass have been so hard to get right digitally as remasters because you can only clean that sound up so much. They were both yeah. terrible early CD issues in the late 80s that have since improved as mastering got better. But, I mean, it's hard to hear those albums sound great on CD. Uh, they had a couple different mixes of the Layla album that are pretty good. But to your point, I'm also excited for the de-specterize All Things Must Pass while still understanding that his noise and that wall of sound is what made that triple album such a beast in 1970. Yeah, man. Um, it should be mentioned that he was uh, on the show "I Dream of Genie" for one episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, wasn't expecting that, but it go on. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen it. I was just doing a little last minute research. Yeah, he played himself on an episode of "I Dream of Genie." You mean you really like it? Like it? What does the phrase "number one record" mean to you? And he plays Did he the kill the first genie. Is that why they had a second genie? It's a despawitch. That was Dick York or Dick Button or whoever. All the dicks, Dick Sargent. That's what uh, I mean. Dick I Button love. Was, I, I love. When, I love when Dick Button would go on the Ed Sullivan show every Sunday and spin the plate on his face. <laughs> yeah, Senior Wences was there, and uh, <laughs> what's the Topo Gijo? Topo Gijo, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How old are we? Are we? Of, and, the, and the cast of Oliver with Mickey Dolans. We know this because we're old souls. We were not around for Ed Sullivan, but we've seen oh. every episode somehow. I don't get it. I think he died before he he died in seventy four. So he died before I was born. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> did Phil Spector did Phil Spector kill Ed Sullivan? We should start that rumor. Uh, well, I mean, anything's yeah, anything's game now. He also played a drug dealer in Easy Rider, so there's that. So he had a bit of an acting <laughs> stint, and and later was a drug dealer in the Rodney Dangerfield film Easy Money with a theme song by Billy Joel. <laughs> I begged my mom, I, my, you know, my folks wouldn't let me watch R-rated movies and Easy Rider came out and I was like, oh, 
can you, can I please see that? I want to see an R rated movie. All my friends get to see R rated movies. And my mom was like, maybe never, still never seen it. Is <laughs> well, it good? Uh, yeah. It's, it's really funny. And it's got a great Billy Joel theme song that doesn't end. <laughs> some people are still listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, people dog on Billy Joel. He's written some of the most never ending songs, his outros. Yeah. So, so Tom Dow did introduce Clapton to Dwayne Allman to produce Derek and the Dominoes. That's great. There you go. There you go, man. Remember those rock and roll uh, trees, those like family trees that they did on with t-shirts all the- and posters. Yeah, yeah. I had yeah, one. Man. Yeah, that one was white, one was black, and they had uh, all the band. Like you always looked. Is the Beatles were always the biggest band? Clapton got a big name. Yeah, it's funny to see who's got. Oh, in in ten point font, there's Echo and the Bunnymen. How cute! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that is. <laughs> and who? Yeah, someone decides that. Someone decides, like, okay, Echo and the Buddy Man, you're small. <laughs> right? but you matter. You're small, but you count. God, I'm sick of these corporations designing rock T-shirts. <laughs> yeah, I go over to Gab and I, I do my own <laughs> revisionist rock and roll history. <laughs> <laughs> on, that, on that shit <laughs> I, I buy i mean like i love rock memorabilia i buy most of it at old navy gap banana athleta wherever i can use gap points is where i get my rock shirts <laughs> oh no i said no i said gab that that's the new psychopath uh news <laughs> get get kicked off a parlor join us at gab yeah, yeah a lot keep of moving lot the circus of, is leaving follow the, <laughs> <laughs> there are there are not good people on that side. Um, Turns out. So, uh, yeah, that's – I mean, we can move on from our Phil Spector conversation. But, again, like we do this podcast that we record a few weeks in advance. I want to make sure we had a chance to talk about some breaking Beatles news because the Beatles world is also getting smaller and smaller. Phil Spector I'm, – I'm not saying this because I give a fuck, but it's worth noting that Phil Spector never lived long enough to see this album reissued. It was postponed from last year. Uh, for the f- true 50th because of the pandemic, oh, yeah. it'll be released this summer. So, you know, the, I, I, because I am on, I mean, you and I are in our forties, so God willing, we have a lot of time ahead of us, but I'm on message boards and Facebook pages with like older Beatles fans who say like, the reason we want this stuff released is because we're dying off. Like the first generation Beatle fans, while not old, are older. So you know, the more the stuff that gets reissued when people can enjoy it, I think the better. And uh, I, I'm the asshole who's going to rebuy it <laughs> regardless. <laughs> and why I'll have to explain to my son why I can't afford college. Well, can't send him to school, but we've got the five album flaming by. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you want to hear those the demos with Jeff Lynn that weren't good enough to make the record. Enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, man, I get it. I get it. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy it. Yeah. And I can't wait to see it in theaters. Hopefully, you know, hopefully if things get sorted out, hopefully <laughs> that'd be cool. I think things, my, my vote is for things getting a lot better starting on Wednesday. I think having someone take things seriously again is going to be awfully helpful.
sing giving us in the middle of the night instead of clouds. It's, that's not the one. Remember? Yeah, yeah we're both doing harmony again to it. Let me, just wait a second. Let me explain. What's the matter with you, Philip? It's the last book in verse. In the middle of the cloud, in the middle of the cloud, I called your name. Oh, your God. He stopped here once, remember? And that's the one you're playing now. We don't want that one. We want the one that he recorded afterwards, all new and free, that was from in the middle of cloud up to the end. Why don't you just forget about this side and relax, you know, until we say okay. What's the matter with What are you doing? Why are you hearing your voice, though? Otherwise we'd be singing, wouldn't we? and then just sing very loud, okay? Why don't you, John, why don't you just uh, sing it for him once? Oh, you go! Untitled Beatles Podcast. Like and subscribe.